Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I am John Negroni from the Internet California, and with me, I have a full crew to talk about Logan Lucky, Hitman's Bodyguard, Wind River, and more. First up, he's the British guy with tons of hair who insults everyone with the voice of Stewie, Will Ashton from the Internet Pennsylvania. I'm the Celtic Farlone of the group. That's right. From right outside the fairgrounds, throwing toilet bowl covers as horseshoes, and he's got all the Twitters. Soundmaster Maverickines. All the Twitters. I know him. And we have a special guest. We've recently broken out of prison by inciting a riot. Andy Herndon. Welcome back to Cinemaholics. Thank you very much, and don't tell anybody I'm here, please. No problem. Andy, can you tell us, uh, tell the listeners, in case they didn't listen to our Mummy episode when you were on, what, what is your show? Uh, I uh, host a uh, Disney podcast called the dcast where we cover all things disney pixar marvel and star wars and uh give you the rundown of that and we talk a lot about movies and stuff and some people say we talk too much about movies non-buff about disney but you know it's all it's all interconnected yes (laughs) yeah so check that out dcast awesome friend of the podcast and uh yeah so like i said at the beginning we're gonna be talking about logan lucky the newest film from steven soderbergh we're also gonna dig in a little bit into some of the work of steven soderbergh why we like or dislike him as a director i'm not sure what these guys are gonna say i know i really like him and uh yeah then we'll go into reviewing logan lucky and we have a bunch of mini reviews Uh, i already mentioned hitman's bodyguard uh wind river uh mad dogs this amazon series that got canceled that's gonna be topical and uh the defenders and glass castles we have a lot to talk about i don't want to waste any time no banter no intros nothing let's talk although i do want to say we had a last call come out this week about cinematic universes if you haven't uh checked it out it's our bonus episode came out on like wednesday and so far people really liked it it uh, went over really well we talked about cinematic universes with alicia grouso and matt donato uh we got this covered's very own matt donato and that was a really fun conversation I'm, and maverick you didn't get to be there i did not yeah because he, i don't know anything that's right um basically and you weren't here last week matt well you were but uh unfortunately we didn't get to hear your oh no it was the other way around yeah you like, were you were here. you were here we talked about annabelle creation but will ashton you can you tell us like in 30 seconds what you thought of annabelle creation super mediocre oh you are a monster what, what, what was super mediocre about it how good it was <laughs> i just i mean what were, you guys were admiring the skill i guess of the director and not really the story of it. Well, I admired how the story was kind of different. You know, like the setup. How was, was it different? different I admired like, that it was. Yeah, it was more. It was orphans. like set pieces over character, more or less. Sure, and that's why it's not a great movie. Or I would say it's not. That's why it's not even a good movie. But okay. <laughs> oh man, I wish we could have been able to talk about this last week. But oh well, we're here to talk about Logan Lucky, and I think that's going to be just as contentious. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. I am ready. <laughs> so Steven Soderbergh, uh, you know, okay, Steven Soderbergh, he's not exactly my favorite director or anything, but I really respect the guy. I think that he has a really good filmography and he's just a solid artistic director. You know, he's the kind of guy who just, he does movies differently. And I really love his style. I really love just the weird stuff that he does as a director. And he's always entertaining to watch. And I think most of his movies are pretty good. But uh, starting with you, Will Ashton, you know, what, what, do you have like a favorite either Steven Soderbergh movie or like, like kind of a thing that he does that you like as a director? 
Well, what I like about Soderbergh more than other directors is that he's very proficient. Like, he has this kind of, like, workman mentality where he just knows exactly what he wants from a film. Like, what he wants a shot to look like, what he wants his actors to do, and he just gets it down, like, as soon as possible. So, like, most of the time, he'll just shoot, like, only one or two takes of something, and he'll edit it that day, and then, like... Like, for Logan Lucky, he already had, like, the film edited, basically, by the time they were doing the rap party. Like, he does not waste a single second. And you can kind of tell when you watch his movies that he just really just gets in, gets out. He doesn't like to waste any time, and he just knows what he wants for his movies, forward and hmm. backwards. So, that's, that's what I kind of like about That's interesting, yeah. He's, no one can say that the guy is a lazy director. He does all, He's done a lot of movies and TV, and he supposedly came out of retire or he retired after magic mike uh in terms of film and then of course now he's well back no he uh he did side effects and then behind the candor opera for hbo well yeah aren't he, those like tv kind of things though i'm, well, I'm talking side about like a was feature in theaters yeah side effects was in theaters i thought side effects was like vod or something no 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 that was in theaters i saw it in theaters oh did you like it yeah, I liked it a good bit. I, have, I haven't seen it, so uh, yeah. It's cool. You should check right. it out. You do, actually, I think you'd like it a lot, to be honest. Oh, well, I trust your opinion of me. Um, okay, uh, Andy Herndon, what about you? Where are you at with Steven Soderbergh? Um, overall, I, he's probably one of my favorite directors because he's directed one of my favorite trilogies, which is the Ocean's trilogies. And I know a lot of people have contentious attitudes about it, especially Ocean's 12, which is the weakest of the three. <laughs> really um, but I... I, I in my late teens, early 20s, I was living in Las Vegas, growing up in Las Vegas, and it was just very much kind of a part of who I was. And like when they they came out with the special edition Blu-rays, I bought those day of with, you know, it came with the dice and the and the, the playing cards. And I just, I love his style of you don't see everything that's going on until the end. So I, I, I love traffic as well. So I'm very much a fan of his, except for this movie. Interesting. It's interesting that he made movies based in Las Vegas, where you're from, and Logan Lucky is based on rural uh, West Virginia and Virginia and North Carolina, which is where I'm from. So uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. But uh, okay. Um, what about you, Maverick Hines? Uh, I mean, pretty, I know you aren't. As I say, I'm pretty sure this is the only movie of his that I've seen. So not a great start for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that means, uh, well, first, I'll just say that uh, I, I love Soderbergh as a director, as I mentioned already. But one specific thing I want to point out is that uh, I, I love in the Oceans movies in particular how he, he finds like different ways to introduce characters. He uses mm-hmm. the camera in very unique ways. Like, you know, he doesn't use a normal like establishing shot right to to start a scene where two people have a conversation he just has like these quirks where he just feels he feels like the kind of guy who's like a contrarian of cinema so like that makes him always engaging to watch i don't think that like he's like amazing or anything i've never watched a movie of his and been like man that is just like you know he nailed it cinema but one movie i think he comes pretty close to doing that with is uh i'm a big fan of aaron brockovich i really like that that movie is based on true events. I, I think it's one of Julia Roberts' better films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people disagree. I know a lot of people like Solaris probably is uh, their favorite from him. But uh, See, those are like his like two most mixed films I, uh, from what I've heard. I think Solaris has a more solid following. I like Solaris. Because it, it wasn't marketed correctly. Response. Well, because it wasn't marketed very correctly. It was marketed as like a, like a love movie, you know, or It's romance. also a remake. So I I don't know I I think that that's an, an underrated sci-fi flick that uh, no I agree with you there yeah anyway uh, let's talk about Logan 
Lucky. This film is, uh, like we were mentioning before, his first film is on side effects. Thank you, Will. And uh, it was directed by Steven Soderbergh, and it was written by Rebecca Blunt, who a lot of people have theorized that this is not a real person or it's a pseudonym, but Soderbergh has come out and said, nope, this is a real person. It's just her first, uh, her first screen credit, um, but she well, didn't show up for press or anything like that. I've heard that it's actually his wife, Jules Ayers, or... That's what a lot of people have suggested, or that it's him, and he's been like vehemently denying that. (laughs) Yeah, he he, he, he's been pretty persnickety about it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the only thing he said in particular, I think he he tweeted that it's definitely a woman. That's why I think it's his wife. I don't know if he's ever actually said the person exists. He just says that she's. Yeah, he he has said that uh it is not his wife and it, it is someone who's just a, a rel- an unknown not even a relative unknown but anyway uh this the imd synopsis for logan lucky very straightforward two brothers attempt to pull off a heist during a nascar race in north carolina movie stars channing tatum adam driver daniel craig riley Cobb, katie holmes uh man so many people uh i i do want to say that uh did any of you guys uh, believe that you know when Dwight uh, Yoakam shows up on screen, I swear I thought that I thought that was Clint Howard. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't until I was on IMDb where I was like, oh, uh, maybe not. But only anyway. reason I knew, only reason I knew that was Dwight Yoakam is because I had read the uh, the cast before the full cast, and I was surprised uh, to see okay. him on there. Yeah, I, I wasn't even familiar with with Dwight the guy with the, the I guess he's uh, in music, right? I, yeah, I don't know him from any um, movies or TV shows, but anyway. Uh, Will Ashton, what did, what did you think of Logan Lucky? I mean, going into it, were you excited? And then how, what did you think overall? Oh, yeah, I, I was definitely excited. I mean, I have, like I said before, I've really enjoyed Soderbergh's recent efforts. I think he is at a point in his life where he, or at a point of his career, at least, where he knows exactly what he wants from the movies he makes. And I think it's very interesting to see how he's able to accomplish all these different genres and all these different types of stories but keep his kind of uh idiosyncratic style throughout and you know keep his own stylish tics and whatnot and this one i was excited for just because the trailer was easily one of my favorite trailers of like the past year just because it's i've watched it i mean i think probably like 500 times at this point it's just so it's an accurate trailer it really is I don't know, because I was going to say, I mean, I think the trailer makes it look more like a comedy than it actually is. Like, the yes. movie is a little more dramatic than I expected. I don't the, know, the, I disagree. The trailer, I the trailer makes the movie look good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think it makes it kind of look like a heist movie with comedic elements. I didn't expect, like, a full-on laugh riot. And I went in totally expecting a comedy from that trailer. Yeah, That's me because too. they show the three good jokes of the movie. That's in the oh, no, yes, they, they yes. didn't show the best joke in the movie, or in the trailer. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, so I was really looking forward to this one, and uh, overall, I mean, I really have enjoyed uh, not only his past movies, or or his most recent movies, but also The Nick, which is his show that he just did for about two seasons on Cinemax. Uh, if you guys haven't watched that, it's really, really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this one overall, I thought it was a nice kind of return to form in the sense that it was nice to see him on the big screen kind of laying loose and returning to... Somewhere in the middle of, like, Oceans meets, like, The Informant, kind of, like, somewhere in between there. And those are two of his movies, or two, or those are all, I guess, because Oceans is more than one. Those are all movies I really enjoyed a lot, but I feel like this one was minor to almost a fault at times. Like, it felt like a lot of the characters were two-dimensional, and that I never really got, like, 
a firm understanding of some of the supporting characters, and I also felt like some of the later beats were kind of cliched or kind of predictable in a way that I usually find Soderbergh unpredictable. Some of them I did not expect, so I'll give him some credit. But, I don't know, I mean, I think this is kind of minor work for Soderbergh, but I still enjoyed it a good bit. I mean, it's easily among the most consistently entertaining movies I've seen this summer, especially in August. And, yeah, I just had a good time with the movies with this one. Awesome. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I'm probably really close to you on this movie. Uh, but let's let's go to someone who did not care for the film. Andy, the I know you've been, you've been chomping at the bit to tear this movie apart. So go ahead. So I, I need to, I need to state up front. I wanted to like this film. I wanted so badly um, because I am a huge Ocean's Eleven fan. I'm a huge Steven Soderbergh fan. Uh, when I first saw the trailer for this, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be epic. It's a, it's Ocean's Eleven, but you know, blue collar redneck. This is going to be so good. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to have that, that tongue in cheek humor that we know Steven Soderbergh for and the, the oceans movies for. Uh, but like what was said before, the three good jokes were all in the trailer. And I said that. Yes. And um, gosh, it just, it didn't know when to end. Uh, the There was zero character development. And I just was, I, in the last 25 minutes, I'm like, when is this thing going to be over? And uh, I don't really resonate with the NASCAR culture, but I I, I want to take that out of it. Because I, I, I went into it knew, knowing that it was going to be that kind of bent on things, but I was expecting so much more with an epic cast. I mean, Chatting Tatum, Hillary Swank, Adam Driver. I mean, just name after name after name. I was expecting this epic, hilarious heist film, and it just did not deliver. Hmm. All right. Well, that's your take, and uh, I can I can definitely agree with you on a couple things there. But uh, first, Maverick Hines. Uh, it's not, I think I think walking out of the theater, you were definitely a little like anxious to get out of there like it really felt like the you lost interest long before the credits arrived yeah i i, I don't think i'm as uh upset at the movies as our friend is here but uh i i would say yeah the the biggest issue i had with it is that i just got bored i got really very yeah. bored and it's weird because the, the i don't know how to describe this like i don't think it was a boring movie in the sense of like oh what's happening on screen isn't cool or whatever. It was just like, it felt like everything was just dragged out to a T. Um, you had said to me after we had the movie, like it shows the tediousness of, of a robbery, right? Which I, I get in a way, but to me it was, it was just too damn tedious. Like I was just so, I was re- like you said, I was really ready to get out of there. I was like, I think I was talking to my wife before the movie was over. I was like, Hey, what's going on? Like, how you doing? Like, I noticed just, that you were on all the Twitters while yeah, we were sitting there. All the Twitters. So, you know, and, and I fell victim to my expectations a little bit on this one where I, I did expect it to be a little bit more of a comedy. Um, and even though, you know, going in and seeing, you realize it's not as much of a comedy as you thought it was. They tried a lot of jokes early in the film that just didn't land for me, like little mm-hmm. funny remarks or whatever and stuff, trying to play off the whole redneck vibe that were just like, that's not funny. That's just like lazy writing in my opinion. Maybe it's cause I grew up in a NASCAR loving home. So that's a part of who I am, but I don't know. It's just, it, I was like, it, was that a joke? Like there were comments where I had to like, was that supposed to be funny or was that just like, I, you know, it was just a lot of little in passing stuff. Um, and the jokes that they did, you know, get some sort of a laugh. I, I had already seen with a couple exceptions. There were two moments that I, I genuinely laughed in the movie, but the other like three big jokes that would have been really funny if I didn't see them in the trailer, just were like, I was waiting for it to happen. So they didn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the, the no peak in one, like that would have been hilarious 
if I didn't know it was coming. I would have really appreciated that joke. Um, Which is where we differ, because I still found those moments funny, because I thought that they were just funny. And even though I had seen the trailer like a million times, I don't know. I, I well, was yeah, that's still, the thing, like, right? Like, I, I'm not denying that those moments were funny. I'm just saying by the time I got to them, they weren't funny anymore, because I'd seen the trailer 700 times. Um, I mean, uh, so So, yeah, so as far as the humor goes, or whatever their attempts at humor was, it kind of, whatever. I will say that the you know, kind of the twist ending that we won't go into just yet. I did not see that coming. So I'll give the movie credit in the fact that the twist was surprising to me. But by the time we got there, I was so bored and over the movie that it didn't matter to me. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's a cool thing, I guess. And then I was like, can this be over? So there, There's a stretch know- of time between the second and th- the end of the second act and the end of the third act that needed some tightening. Yeah. This movie could have been a half hour shorter and I would have been yes. happier. I'd say at yes. least 20, just 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right? so... Yeah. Um, and I don't want to sound too negative. I feel like I have a history of like making myself seem like I hate a movie way more than I do. I don't think it was like an awful movie by any means. It's just like, I think when I get bored, I get negative. So <laughs> it's hard for me to sound positive about something that was, uh, not as entertaining to me as it could have been. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I differ with you too, uh, big time. Um, I, I really had a good time with this. I, I, unlike you, Maverick and Andy, I, I was finding like a lot of this movie pretty funny. I didn't find it hilarious. It was weird. I, f- I was just kind of charmed a bit by these characters, and uh, I really liked the kind of like their earnest, you know, like they looked, they acted and kind of came across one way, and then the movie like subverts your expectations on that. And I really appreciated a lot of things that this movie does with like the heist genre. Um, I, and you mentioned it a little bit before, but the whole idea of like they kind of show the tediousness of like, putting a heist together and it's like this low budget heist too like they don't have anybody funding them you know all of the ways that they like come up all the ideas that they have or the the schemes that they pull off are very just kind of like put together low budget and i don't know there was just like this charm to it that really kept me going it reminded me a bit of like oh brother we're out thou almost yes um, where Mm -hmm. i was really like it wasn't that the movie was a comedy because it does have funny moments. I, I think that there are more than three good jokes. I think there are a good amount. Uh, I think that it's there is a moment, like I said before, between the end of the second act, end of the third act, not a lot of jokes, not a lot of plot happens. It's just kind of like this weird kind of like limbo that the movie's in for a minute. And I, I too, was getting kind of like, all right, like we don't need this, do we? Um and uh, I, ca- I want to agree with Andy on a couple of things about the character development. Um, I think that Adam Driver in particular, even though he's good in this role and like I, I've, he cracked me up a few times, we don't get a lot from that character, unfortunately. Like things, I don't yeah. know. It just feels like his well, whole deal is kind of thin. I like that there was that mystery aspect to him, though. I feel like if they overexplained him, it would have felt unnecessary I, I'm not, like I guess it. I'm not looking for an explanation just more of like more moments really between him and uh, Jimmy uh, the, the Channing Tatum character they, they right. sort of have that uh, during the heist but then it doesn't really resolve in a way that I thought was very good I don't know I just kind of I don't know I see felt kind of rushed I see where you're coming from but at the same time Soderbergh is not that sentimental filmmaker who would have like the emotional you say that, that you say that after watching a film that has uh, a scene in it that I won't spoil, but it is one of the most sentimental scenes I think I've ever seen. Yeah, well, that's one of, one of the rare exceptions. I was going to bring that up in spoilers. Yeah. yeah, it worked for me, actually, and I don't think it worked I mean, for most people, but it, it kind of hit me, and I, I should state really quickly, part of the reason I really like this film is not because, not because of a... 
merit. It it really is a thing. Like I grew up in that area. Like part of the movie takes place in my hometown. So like I kind of was. I don't know. I was feeling kind of nostalgic, and so I, I'm very subjective with this. Like it's not. I'm not using my objective brain here, and I'm kind of just rolling with that because. I was I was in it and I was I liked kind of returning. It was like going home, you know, and kind of like seeing a bunch of people that I remember from you know growing up and stuff and seeing what they're up to. And I, I don't know, there was something interesting with that there. So I, yeah, I liked the film a bit more. I feel you on that. I'm the, I'm the exact same way when I watch the Ocean's films because he Steven Soderbergh does kind of capture Vegas very accurately. So I'm the same way I watch. I'm like, oh, home. So yeah, totally. He's from he's from Georgia, I believe, and uh, he lived in Virginia. And uh, Channing Tatum's from Georgia too, so you know you kind of get that feeling like he understands the American South, and uh, in a way that like I guess I kind of like that the movie. I kind of disagree with Maverick because you kind of were saying that like the jokes about like the whole redneck stuff. You didn't think you were like, oh, is that supposed to be a joke or whatever? I thought that it was kind of it, it was weird because it wasn't being condescending toward right. them, and it also wasn't being like that same type of comedy you usually see in movies where rednecks are kind of like made fun of. Mm-hmm. So like, but the weird thing is I can't really say you're wrong Maverick because I can't really point out what it was about it that worked for me. I don't know what it, it wasn't really comedy, I guess, which is really weird. Well, I was going to say that, that like every Soderbergh movie, at least every one of his recent ones, they, he always kind of keeps a distance from his characters and so I think there is a kind of like outsider perspective that makes the comedy seem a little meaner at times, but I never felt like he was like laughing at them or expecting right, us to laugh at yeah. the characters. There was always kind of a bubbling sincerity to each of them. You could tell that he did in his own kind of way care for these characters. So I think it was kind of weird, like you're saying, mix of the two. And I think ultimately it worked, but I can see why, like for someone like Maverick, it doesn't work. I liked I liked that they were competent, you know? They were characters that you underestimate, well, and that's actually part of the film. Of most, I would say a good number of them, yeah. Uh, especially well, the two of them were deliberately very dumb. <laughs> but they still like did what they were supposed to do. I don't know. And I'll, I want to say the, the Melly character was one of my favorites. I thought that oh, uh, yeah. she was just like so such a different character. The hairdresser, you know, mm-hmm. the sister. She's just kind of, she has like this quiet, you know, strength. But also like she felt like a real person to me, I guess. And uh, yeah. it was interesting. But She was the best yeah. performance in the movie, I thought. Andy, is what we're saying just nails on a chalkboard to you? Yeah, it, I, I, I wa- maybe I am a victim of my own expectations as well. But I so I was like excited to get in there. I was the first one in the theater, thinking there'd be more people there, and there was all three of us, four of us there total. And I just was left so disappointed. And hmm. yeah, I just it, yeah. <laughs> I was I was expecting this to be more of not a big hit or anything, but I was expecting it to do better at the box office. But so far, you know, it's not tracking well. Uh, it's not getting great word of mouth. Um, I think that most people would agree with well, a- kind of Andy and Maverick here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Will. It's worth noting that Soderbergh promoted this movie himself. Yeah, he self financed kind of the whole thing, didn't he? Right. Well, no, I don't think he, he didn't self finance the movie. Well, I mean, in he the sense that like, he found he, ways to put it together because it's not a studio. Well, film. he gave up his foreign movie rights mm. in order to promote the movie himself how he wanted to. And any money that I think the movie makes goes to him and the cast and crew as opposed to a studio. So Very it's like notably, weird... too, he did the, uh, the trailers himself. Right. Which is why part of the reason why I think the trailers, in my opinion, felt very accurate. Like, that was the movie that I feel like I got. Where well, I know Maverick, I disagree with that. <laughs> I just, I don't yeah, see I, I can't. I can't drive with that at all. 
I agree with you. I just thought the movie would be a little more screwy and a little more comedic than it actually was, but I don't think I was misled at all. Um, it sounds like it's like this is like a civil war of our own going on right now. Um, I'm referencing the Marvel Civil War, not like the actual one, because we're talking about the South in a movie, so I don't want to conflate those right. two things. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I have nowhere to go from there. Run! <laughs> um, okay, so clearly this this movie is a bit divisive, and so it should come with a lot of caveats. And I don't know how to like inform our listeners, like. I have a feeling like a lot of people are listening to this and are like, maybe they haven't seen it yet and they don't know if they should. You know, are they going to have a disappointing experience and be kind of meh like Maverick or are they going to enjoy it like me and Will? So I'm kind of at a loss. Well, I mean, I, I would say even though I am disappointed, I'm not at the point where I would like, if someone was like, hey, I'm going to go see Logan Lucky, that I'd be like, oh, no, don't like, don't waste your money. Like, I'm, I'm not at a point where I would detour people from it. I but would, I don't know if I'm at a point where I wholeheartedly recommend it. Exactly. But, like, I'm, I'm not at the point as well where I'd be like, you know, it's it's totally, you can go right now. I wouldn't encourage him into it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I live in Southern Oregon, which, in Southern Oregon, we put the Southern in Southern Oregon. Um, I know a lot of people around me would probably very much enjoy this film. Um, especially, I, I will say, through the cast, they did a good job. I mean, they did a solid job with what they had. There wasn't a bad performance, per se. Maybe the Seth MacFarlane character was a little over the top. but I could not yeah. stand the Seth MacFarlane character. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Seth MacFarlane was around. He was, uh, he, I did not like that character. He, yeah. he, his perform, but what, what, what they were given, I think all the... All the actors did well with what they were given. I just don't like what they were given. So <laughs> I, I don't like what Seth MacFarlane did with that. I feel like he was given a very basic like villain role, and he turned it into something just really weird. Right. And I don't. I, he I don't felt know. like he he felt like he came out of like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like I don't think there's a really good reason for Sebastian Stan to really be in this, except he does get a kind of funny, you know, like little. Oh, yeah, I like no. I like how Soderbergh sometimes introduces his characters in like little mini trailers, and Sebastian Stan mm-hmm. gets one, and I, I did I did find that kind of funny. But that and was so, like the whole thing funny. for him. His whole thing was he was a plot device. Yeah, yeah, right. and you know that's it. <laughs> and he wasn't even yeah. like a very important plot device, but that's fine. Um, Hillary Swank is also in this, Catherine Waterston, but uh, I do want to at least bring up Channing Tatum here, who I thought was the best thing about this movie, and I think one of the big reasons I like it more than I think I probably would have otherwise is because the whole first act where we're getting to know the Channing Tatum character, I thought is one of the strongest parts of the movie because I instantly sympathized with him. I don't know if I've ever sympathized with the character as quickly as I did. It was like the first line of dialogue he had and that whole the movie begins with an interaction he's having with his daughter. I thought it was beautiful. And I thought this, the perform the entire thing that he was doing with his character was so delicate. And I think he totally pulled it off. I don't know. I don't think I'm as passionate about that as you are. Um, I think it's easy. I, I agree with you in the fact that it's it's definitely easy to sympathize with that character because like there's nothing really to dislike a, about him. You know, he's just like a wholesome dude. He cares about his family and whatever all that stuff. But I don't know that Shane Tatum like did an amazing performance with it. I think I agree with Will. Where um, I, I don't know the actress's name who played the sister. I think she did better with her role than Shane. Riley. I said that. <laughs> I thought Will. No, said I. Well, said we that. both said. That. Okay. Yeah. So I think I feel like she did the best with the character she was given out of the people I saw Adam driver's character and his performance was boring to me. That was one of the reasons I was so Mm. bored was because there was just like nothing there. And I get that that's part of the characters. Like he's just like a simple kind of chill dude, but I mean, where are we at with Adam driver? Do you guys like him as an actor in general? I think he's good. He's really good. Yeah. 
in the Star Wars in this. I don't. Is he been in anything else? Patterson. Patterson. And I, I think, Patterson I think he's, was. I think he's one of the better actors working today. I think yeah. he's and girls. Yeah, I, and, and silence. I, I was just gonna say I, he was okay. I'm silence. not. I'm not speaking to him as an actor in general because I haven't seen enough of his work to like. I don't think he's bad or anything. I just thought that this performance in comparison to other things just wasn't whatever. And I'm not saying Channing Tatum did bad either. It's just I don't think he did as good as the others. That was a really what do you guys think about uh, Channing Tatum's daughter, uh, Farrah McKenzie, who played Sadie? She was great until she opened her mouth and sang that God. <laughs> o- no, <I'm> <laughs> it is weird that we've had two summer movies that focus very heavily on West Virginia by Don- John Denver. Oh, what was the other one? Was- a- Alien Covenant. Oh yeah, you're right. I totally oh, yeah. forgot about that. Well, I was. I thought you were going for the fact that there was a talent show featuring a young kid, um, which Fist Fight was. That was that thing. Um, and well, I think this movie did better than Fist Fight. I thought. I thought the. I disagree. I think the Fist Fight talent show was amazing. Oh, I thought that scene was awful. <laughs> I thought that scene was amazing. Are you serious? You didn't yeah, like? I thought the- that scene was really. I thought that was an awful scene. But I like the one in this movie. Though. I like the I one in fine. this movie. I. I don't think everybody does. But uh, one thing I will say about the little girl in this, uh, I forget the name of the the young actress, but I am so glad that they like cast a kid who wasn't just this like ridiculously like precocious. You know, I don't know. She just felt like a real kid to me, I guess. She, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I'm kind of of two minds. I think sometimes she is, and sometimes she does have that kind of precious, like, uh, you know, like cutesy, like kid actress thing that, I don't know. I I mean, I'm kind of of two minds of that. Uh, Farrah McKenzie is her her name. Yeah. She felt like a a real kid in the movie to me. So I'm thinking with you on that, John. Like, she didn't seem overly Hollywood for this role. Yeah. Uh, Katie Holmes was, was. just there, I guess. She was there, yeah. I, I think in the the thing we were talking about, like, one-dimensional characters, she certainly was one, basically. I mean, she well, just... I feel like there were a couple times they tried to make it seem like something was about to happen with her. Like, she had very strong emotional reactions yeah. to things, but then they were like, <laughs> yeah, you don't need yeah, to Yeah, sort of. I mean, she's just there. <laughs> I think the, the interactions between uh, Riley Cuff's character and, uh, oh, Roy, whatever his name uh, is Pam's boyfriend? Well, yeah. you know Roy from The Office. So I, that, I can't remember. I forgot to bring this up. That's <laughs> another David thing. Denman? I don't care about his face. Uh, I feel bad because he always gets David typecast. Denman, yeah. Okay. That's another thing that this movie like got to me on because when the guy who played Jerry from Parks and Rec was on the screen, I literally out loud was like, shut up, Jerry. <laughs> and then when Roy came on, I was like, Roy, why aren't you like trying to fix things with Pam? Like That's all I thought about the entire time both of those stupid idiots were on screen. Um, uh, well, yeah, and I wouldn't call that uh, unexpected. I mean, we could only think about sitcoms when we watch movies. All that said, I, I, I would Ooh. say the main point here is that the supporting cast uh, was kind of hit or miss. I think that some of them were really good. I think Daniel Craig, I really liked what he did here. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. And I thought that it was, the Joe Bang character was a breakout character. It's a good to see him actually have fun for once. Yeah. As opposed to being moody and sulky the whole time. And even if you are like Andy and you don't love this movie, I think that we can at least say that this might open the door for Daniel Craig to get some really good, like, you know, character act. Character. I hope so. Oh, yeah. This was totally out of the box for him. I, I, one huge bright spot was Daniel Craig. Just what he was, you've always seen him as this English, you know, James, he's James Bond. And the, for him to do this and play a redneck southerner convict and do it well, and he, I, I forgot I was watching James Bond. Uh, he made me forget he was Daniel Craig, which is what any good actor should do. So, yeah, that was definitely a bright spot. There are a few times I will say, he, was laying, he was like sitting down or something, and I was like, whoa, are you about to drink a martini? <laughs> I'll say it's not completely out of the box for him because he wasn't like Road, Perdi- Road to Perdition, a couple other things where he played kind of outlandish characters before. 
But yeah, it's the first time he's done this in a while. Yeah, especially since, you know, Bond, you know. He's been yeah, in a lot of yeah, serious post-Bond. roles and all that. Um, I do want to say uh, real quick that uh, one, one thing about this movie is that it's so quotable. It's probably the most quotable movie I've seen probably this summer. There, there are so many things in this movie that like I, in, I just want to quote and I just want to joke about and mention. Did, did any of you have that same sort of... Other than what the trailer showed me, I couldn't tell you a lot. I think a lot of it is from the trailer, which is usually how these things go. There's that one about driving a stick that uh, I can't stop thinking about. Oh, well, what was the line exactly for that? Because I remember the I scene. love stick! <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm great with stick or something like that. Yeah. You guys, I'm great with stick. I love stick. I am incarcerated. I think that's how we do that. But then ones, yeah. you guys are doing to do. He's got to do Ted. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, well, uh, let's do our final thoughts and grades. Uh, starting with uh, you, Will Ashton, uh, final thought and give us a grade. I've said that like five times in the last 30 seconds. Sure. Uh, we were talking before about whether or not this is for some people in our audience or not. I'd say. Soderbergh described the movie as the Ocean series inbred cousin, and I say if that sounds like something you'd like, then see this movie. If that sounds like something you're just going to be vehemently against, I'd say don't see this movie because it may not be your thing. It definitely has kind of a Coen Brothers vibe, like we were saying before. You know, like Burn After Reading, Raising Arizona, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? But it, I don't know. I mean, like I said before, I mean it's a minor work for Soderbergh. I don't think it really has a passionate message even like something like magic mike i think had more to say thematically as opposed to this one i mean there's stuff to take from you know the middle america and how they're kind of being represented as opposed to just being actually like normal people or not normal people like kind of you know just average people trying to get along their lives in good ways and i don't know i I enjoyed the movie i i don't really agree with a lot of the criticisms i heard i didn't think the movie was over long or i didn't, didn't think some of the characters were that bad so i don't know i'm gonna give it I don't know. It's between a B and a B plus. I'll give it a high B. Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Um, Andy, what did you? What, what's your final thought and grade? Um, I'm just going to repeat what I've been telling people. Lucky Logan is what happens when you cross Pixar's cars with Ocean's Eleven and put it on CMT for a made-for-TV movie. Roasted. I feel like it was a. Di- I feel like it was a disorganized waste of just a spectacular cast. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, not performances notwithstanding. Uh, I just, and and maybe it's just who I am. I'm just, I don't resonate with that culture perhaps, but yeah, I just felt like it was a waste of one of the better casts we've seen this year. Uh, I was gonna say C minus. You guys have talked me up to a C. Hmm. That's what we do here at Cinemaholics. We we talk you down from the ledge of low grades. (laughs) Or the other way around. A reaction to what you, Will, you said about what Steven Soderbergh called this movie. The movie calls itself Ocean Seven Eleven. You know, yes. kind of that meta commentary we've seen a few That's times. That's the funniest thing about this movie, is what you just said. <laughs> it's like saying the funniest thing about Ocean's Twelve was that Julia Roberts plays not herself, but also herself. Um, okay, uh, Maverick Hines, what was your final thought and grade? Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to expand on. Uh, the biggest fault for this movie for me was that I, it just it was too long. I got way too bored to enjoy some of the subtle cool moments that happened in it. Um, my final grade is going to be a B minus. Hmm. All right. Well, that's not very. Uh, it's not as low as I was expecting. Yeah. So well, that's, that's cool. like I have to. Like I said before, I have to caveat and say that like even though I was bored, I, I can't in good conscience say like this was you know a bad movie. No one should go see it. I think um, kind of like you, John. You had a good experience with this movie because it related to 
you know, yeah. part of your upbringing and part of where you're from. And I think that's what you can't help that. Yeah. The kind of, you know, like, but the, it also does for you too. So you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, in a different way, but it, you know, it does. And that's, that's what I'm holding on to here. I, I think it, if, if you resonate with that kind of, you know, culture and, you know, you were in that kind of thing, I think it has something to offer you. Um, but for the rest of us, not so much. <laughs> cool. You know, and I, I just want to say, like, for my final thought, like, I think another thing that adds to what I like about this movie, it's not just that I, I resonated with that culture. The big thing about that is that I loved seeing a movie take this subject matter on in a different way. Even if I didn't grow up there, I just liked what Soderbergh was trying to say about, you know, the, the American South, uh, similar to what uh, Will was saying. And I think that I think this movie shouldn't be understated for some of the really experimental things it does with the heist genre. The idea that the heist takes place in the second act, you know, and the third act is like just this kind of different thing. And even though I don't think it always, you know, sticks to landing in a few ways, I thought it was consistently entertaining. I think that's the best way to put it. And I had a lot of fun just having my expectations subverted by these characters, by what happens in the movie, uh, and by some of the jokes. Some of the jokes kind of come out from nowhere, but uh, the timing is really good. And I think that its slow pace actually works for it. But I do understand why it's not going to work for everybody. But if it works for you, uh, you'll probably have a great time with it. So I give the movie a B plus uh, and a very solid B plus. Not a very high one, but it's like right, right there, probably in the middle. So, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, don't go away, Cinemaholics. We'll be right back. Hey, Cinemaholics. It's time for your a quick PSA. That's a podcast service announcement Kayla Savage is here to help me tell you guys about something you know it part of what a PSA is is that we're not being paid to tell you about this app uh, that we are recommending to you because it's an app called Upflix and it's something that we we use all the time at Cinemaholics to uh, we'll, we'll explain it I'm really ready for this I can't wait to hear about it I know because Kayla Savage doesn't um, use Upflix she's seen me use it yes and but you've been I, like, what is that? I've never seen that before. So for those of you who don't know, it, it, that includes you, Kayla Savage. Mm-hmm. Upflix is this really awesome app for, if you love Netflix, Upflix is like this really cool companion. It updates you basically on everything that comes out on Netflix, the day it comes out. All the new movies, all of the new shows and documentaries, all kinds of that stuff. And it tells you, so like I was telling I was telling you this earlier, Kayla Savage. I was in the middle of a meeting at work. It was really busy. They needed me to make a huge decision that would impact the lives of like 12 people. Whoa. And then Upflix was like, hey, John, uh, six things just dropped on Netflix. And then I had to leave, obviously. Oh, my. Are they all right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I still haven't uh, answered their calls. but Oh, at least you got updated. And the, and the cool thing about this app, it's a free app. Um, and you can also get a pro version with no ads. That's what I use because it was only like 99 cents, but the free ver- free version works just as well. And it's cool because not only do you see the movies that they tell you that just dropped on Netflix, but they also give you the Rotten Tomato score. You can quickly see reviews, IMDb ratings. There's like trailers and trivia. Like it tells you everything that you need to know if you want to check it out. And you can even like favorite stuff. So it's a really cool app because it's like if you already if you're already using Netflix mm-hmm. and Kills Which Savage, I, I am. You you watch a lot of Netflix. I definitely am still using Netflix. And here's the thing. I know that you love to watch the same shows on the on Netflix all the time. Because I do too. Yeah. Some, I mean, some good ones. 
I watch new things when you show them to me. <laughs> and I show them to you because <laughs> Upflix lets me know. Uh, we wouldn't have known that uh, The Defenders season one dropped on Netflix this past week. I forgot. I didn't mark my calendar. You had told me to mark my calendar for was, August 18th. Yeah, I, I even listen. got you a calendar. But Upflix took care of us and was like, yeah, uh, hey, Marvel's The Defenders season one is on Netflix. That was awesome. I was able to watch a few episodes. And then I also saw that I Am Sam dropped Whoa. on Netflix this past weekend. You got two things out of this. Yeah. There were a few more, but I wasn't interested in them. But I was interested in I Am Sam and The <laughs> Defenders. So that's Upflix. Check it out. Again, it's free. And uh, you can get the pro version with no ads. Uh, we're not, again, we're not being paid to tell you guys about Upflix. It's just something that we use to stay updated when yeah. stuff hits streaming services. And uh, it's available on the App Store for iPhone. And it's also available on Google Play if you use Android. So available to pretty much everybody go check it out thanks i sure will <laughs> i see you're Mister? downloading it right now oh wait that's just candy crush oh don't i'm not <laughs> i've never played candy crush that's not who i am all right let's get into our mini reviews uh first up Lil Ashed, you saw another big movie that came out this weekend, Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, starring Ryan yes, Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. I really, I wanted to go check this one out. I probably still will, depending on how this next few minutes, how these next few minutes go with you. What did you think of the movie? All right, so I didn't really have any expectations for this one going in. I just knew that it was a movie with uh, Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, where they're just going to be kind of not palling around, but like not hating each other, just kind of, you know, busting their balls and blowing things up. Uh, and that's basically what it was. It was, like, you know, a two-hour, not buddy comedy, but, like, I mean, well, I guess it's basically a buddy comedy in kind of, like, an like a early to mid-90s kind of feel to it, where it's just kind of, you know, it's riding on the charm of the two leads. They don't really have to play characters. They're just playing exaggerated versions of their normal on-screen personas and... I mean, I mean, I'm not really gonna say too much because there's not really much to say. It's a very okay movie. Like there are some good jokes in here, and there are some actually pretty fun action scenes. But there's nothing really terribly exciting about it. It's just basically what you expect, you know. Just I mean, your kind of standard August summer action comedy with a lot of f bombs and a lot of excessive violence, and you know, just a general popcorn flick that some people are going to like. I was just kind of meh about the whole time. I think if it's going to be your thing, just check it out on Redbox. Hmm. I mean, there's no real sense seeing it in the theaters, because there's nothing really that you couldn't get at home. So, I gave it like a C plus. Unless you're, That's you're me, and you just kind of want to do this to yourself, and uh, just see whatever comes out. Yeah, you'd actually, actually, I was thinking about this. I think you'd like it, John. I, I like dumb it, action yeah, I mean, movies. Yeah, it's certainly not the worst action movie this year. It's there are some genuinely funny stuff in here. Mm. There are some you know fun scenes, and it keeps your attention. I mean, it's certainly watchable. Yeah, I mean, I've I've certainly seen worse this year, but I just didn't have any strong feelings about it, and I can't really, in good conscience, recommend it to anybody except for someone who's seen basically everything else and just wants something to divert their attention for two hours. So, yeah, just a C plus movie all around. Cool. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's doing decently at the box office so far. Uh, you know, the Thursday, yeah, better than expectations. I Thursday guess Thursday previews. Yeah, it's it's on par with I think Detroit on its first weekend. But we'll see how oh, it man, turns out through the whole depressing. thing. That's depressing. Um, oh yeah. Well, you know, Detroit kind of was a movie that had legs. You know, and it kind of came out of nowhere. It didn't have a ton. Yeah, of but still, yet. like on par with Detroit box office wise. Yeah, you can't really. Ugh. 
Um, all right, a uh, movie that I saw uh, just today actually was I finally saw Wind River, and I was really excited about this one because this was written and directed by Taylor Sheridan. For those of you who don't know, he wrote the screenplay for Sicario as well as last year's Hell or High Water. I didn't love Sicario, but I thought Hell or High Water, that was one of my favorite movies last year. Uh, and I thought that, I just thought, I just think that what Taylor Sheridan is doing, he has this like kind of trilogy of westerns in these different locations. You know, Sicario was in, uh, taking place in Phoenix um, and Juarez in different places. And uh, Hell or High Water took place in West Texas. And this movie takes place in northern Wyoming um, in the springtime. And it's like blizzard conditions in the mountains. Uh, the movie stars Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. And this movie is very interesting. Um, it, it's a murder mystery kind of thing uh, with hints of, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest, I, I, I've never watched uh, Fargo. But even I could tell that like there was some Fargo stuff going on here. But uh, this idea of like they find like a body in the snow and Jeremy Renner is this tracker who kind of comes across this body and it's on this Native American reservation. And the movie from there becomes, it's a very interesting combination of like Native American culture. Uh, The fact that, you know, we have no statistics or information on Native American killings and missing people. Uh, that information just doesn't happen, and it feels like you know we. It, part of the movie talks about how like these people were forced to live in this place where you, you can't even like survive in the winter; it gets so cold. And it, it, it's a very dense movie. It's one of the best screenplays of the year. It's also one of the more average, you know, directing directed movies. I, I think that the performances are solid. I, I don't think Jeremy Renner is an amazing actor. I don't think he ever has been, honestly. I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie where I thought he had just a lot going on. I, I don't think he has an amazing what range. The Town? The Town? He was good. He was good in Town. I, it was probably one of his better ones. But, you know, even then, he was a supporting, you know, le- uh, character. Here, he's the lead. Clearly, the movie is through his perspective. Uh, and he, he does something interesting with the role. It's very stoic, very Clint Eastwood. And he's not bad. But I think a stronger performance from him. He needed a better director here. And I think Taylor Sheridan, this is his second movie he's directed. I forget the first one. I believe it was like a horror film. And uh, I, I think if he had gotten Denise Villeneuve, for example, to do this movie, I think it, this this could have been like the best movie of the year. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's still great. This movie does something narratively. I, Taylor Sheridan is only getting better at writing. His... I, I I don't want to get into it too much, but this this movie and what it talks about with Native Americans, what it talks about with like being an outsider, it's such a persistent theme in here that's so subtle and yet so obvious at the same time. I mean, it is just cinematic art. Uh, it's a great film. I, I just wish that it had been directed a little bit better. The performances could have been better. The Elizabeth Olsen character isn't great. It works for the most part, but she kind of gets short shrift and... Uh, I think the, the the actor who steals the show and deserves the best supporting nom easily here is Gil Birmingham, who you know, he was in last year's Hell or High Water, and he is a standout. Look out for him come uh, Oscar season, um, and a best original screenplay should go to this one as well. Uh, this is just good. this is just a great movie. Go check it out in the theater if you can. Uh, it's really good. Uh, I gave the movie uh, B plus. That's right. I wanted to give it a higher grade, but unfortunately, I'm just they're just. There wasn't that much going on with the camera work, and uh, there were a few, 
you know, story decisions I wasn't totally in line with, but uh, this is one of the fastest two hours I've had at the theater uh, lately. So go check it out. Huh. You watch right. Fargo, though. I know, I know. One of these, I'm going to get to it. I, I'm going to start with the movie, and then I'm going to watch the, the series. Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, all right, Maverick Hines, you watched a show that was apparently a remake of a show, but it, or it was like a U.S. version on Amazon called Mad Dogs. Yeah, um, and I didn't know until after the show... Or the I only watched the pilot episode. And, you know, afterwards that the show has apparently been canceled. So yeah. <laughs> that's going to give you good yeah. indication is how it went for me. Um, the show follows. It's it's kind of like a a dark twist on like the Friends reunion kind of you know theme. We have these four friends who have been invited down to Belize to hang out with their old friend Mila from childhood or school. I don't know if they ever really kind of specifically describe where they all know each other from. And they're all hanging out. You know, Milo's got big house and he's got all sorts of stuff and from the moment they land um there's a lot of tension between the four of them you can tell that even though they're all kind of like old friends they don't really like each other that much um it's It's like when you and i hang out yeah 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 kind of like this um so it's i don't know man i wanted i wanted very badly to like this because you know as you guys know i really like the kind of dark cynical you know drama shows and this just was not that good for me uh, i don't want to spoil it for those of you who might actually want to watch it uh but the one moment that was interesting in the show was quickly overshadowed by more crap <laughs> um <laughs> there's just too much going on i think um, the way you described it to me i couldn't keep up I yeah like, what is this? There, there's just a lot going on they try really hard to you know tackle the the complexities of the friendships and stuff one of the guys is married to one of the other guys ex-girlfriend and it's clear that he still loves him and everyone is like not talking about it but still talking about it and everyone's just kind of a jerk to each other but they're like we're just happy to be here so i don't know i can't talk about a lot because a lot of it ties into what the big twist is at the end of the pilot episode but um seems just like a really convoluted lazily written wannabe show that could have been cool with the right director. I tried to get you to watch The Defenders. Well, I didn't want to watch The Defenders because you're about to talk about I mean, it. I've, and I haven't had like a, a I haven't had like a real mini view yeah. in like eight months, so I was like, I better do something. <laughs> and of course, I picked a crap a show. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's Mad Dogs. Uh, I know I, I always sound more negative, but this time I mean it. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you don't. Usually you love it, and you're like, well, that's yeah, Maverick. He's yeah. got to be. Uh, he's got to piss all over it. And that's me. Yeah. You know, and part of the reason uh, I suggested this movie to you was, or this show to you, is because I've been trying to like see if we can look into more Amazon shows. Yeah. You know. We watch Netflix stuff all, all like the time. like this. I'm never doing another one. Well, you know what I got to I got to say cuz I had the same experience with uh, Good Girls Revolt, which also was canceled after one season, and I watched the entire season and I was just not impressed. And it was a great cast. Um, I don't know uh, Andy will if you guys ever watch any of the Amazon shows. I I didn't like Mozart in the Jungle. The only show from them I've really enjoyed was Man in the High Castle. I think that's That's it. the I was, that's about that's what I was going to say. Man in the High Castle. Did you not watch Transparent? No, that's probably the other one, and I do really want to watch that. I mean, good, it's man. winning Emmys and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the first season's incredible. I still need to catch up on two and three. Definitely want to yeah, check it's that really out. Really good show. Jeffrey Tambor, one of the best actors, uh, and mm-hmm. he's going to be in the new Arrest Development, so that's going to be great too. Yeah. But that, the, I, well, yeah, the new season. I was thinking about this, and I think that it's pretty clear to me that Amazon has way better original produced originally produced movies. Netflix has the better original shows. At yeah. least right now. I think that's where we're at. Um, Netflix has like not just like House of Cards, but Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black. I mean, so many of their shows are just so good instantly. Lately, though, 
Netflix has been kind of like, I don't know, that like their brand is kind of feeling a little bit more diluted. Like I just feel like everything coming out by them is like it's just it's a lot, which is cool, but so much of it so much of it just seems to come and go, kind of like the Amazon shows in a way. So I don't know. Um, there was another one that came out, for example, White Gold weekend. Didn't catch it, but I did. I did catch the Defenders, and uh, Robert Yanni's already talked about the show. He saw the first uh, four episodes and talked about it uh, on our Atomic Blonde episode. So I just want to point out, I, I watched the first two episodes, and I'm not mini reviewing it. I'm just kind of bringing it up because I saw it, and um, I'm. It's, it's fine so far. It's like it's whatever. I think Robert mentioned that you have to get it like three or four episodes in before it actually starts getting good, which kind of bums me out because like who's got the time? <laughs> I wish that it right. was a bit leaner. It, it, he mentioned too like they don't all get together until like you know I think like the third or fourth episode. And right now like I, they just had the first major meetup, and I was like finally you know. So still I'm gonna be going through it. I'll probably talk more about it next week. Uh, by then I, I'll probably have finished it. But finishing things out, Annie Herndon, and you saw a movie that I've been trying to see. And uh, Will, you've seen the movie as well, so you guys can kind of tag team on this. But Andy, take yeah. it away with uh, The Glass Castle. The Glass Castle, starring Woody Harrelson and Brie Larson. Uh, it is the uh, true life story of uh, a Jeanette Walls, uh, based on her book of her upbringing. Um, starting kind of all over the country, her dad was kind of a transient, constantly running away from bill collectors, and they ended up in all places of West Virginia. And uh, just her dad was a bit of a drunk, and kind of uh, her upbringing, along with how she grappled with him in her older years as she began her career and relationships, hasn't been doing well at the box office or by the critics, but I actually really enjoyed it. It was really intense. Uh, kept my attention the whole time. It was two hours and seven minutes, and I felt like I was there for only an hour. I, I've been reading the reviews after I saw it. I understand the problems people have with it, but they weren't problems for me structurally. Um, there was there was a little bit of issue with the going back and forth between present day and past uh, or, or the present day in the movie. But overall, I thought it was a strong film. The performances by Woody Harrelson and Brie Larson were amazing. Brie Larson is one of my favorite actresses, so I was a little tainted there. I felt like maybe Woody Harrelson's character could have been flushed out a little more about his motivation and what caused him to be a drunk. But other than that, it was just a really solid film. Really gets you emotionally, kind of draws you in. Um, I've read some people say they had a hard time watching it because it brought up a lot of things from their childhood and their past, things they went through with their father or parents. Um, but overall, I thought it was really well done, and the performances were excellent. Woody Harrelson and Anne Brie Larson both uh, kind of stole the show. Only problem I had acting wise was Max Greenfield. I just can't not see him as the uh, the dude from. Uh, the new Zoe Deschanel show. Yeah, New Girl. He just He's always that guy to me, and he never can't seem to break out of it. And he kind of had that feel about him in this movie as well. Did you see him much. in... Uh, did you ever see him in About Alex? Uh, no, I never did. He never For did. me, he disappeared in that film. It's not a great movie or anything, but that was the movie I remember seeing. I was like, man, I want to see more from this guy. That in uh, The Big Short. I liked oh, his yeah, little no, side I forgot, thing. I forgot about The Big Short. He's see, good in... Uh, is he in Hello, My Name is Doris, too? Um, that that's that Sally Field movie. Yeah, the Michael Showalter movie from last I year. I still haven't seen it. It's on Amazon. <laughs> I He's good in that one. Yeah. If, if he is to who I think he is. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I mean, the, the problem I think with his character was the character he played was too much like the character from New Girl, almost um, kind right. of a douchey go-getter. So uh, yeah, but overall, really enjoyed it. Really got lost in it. 
what it was a little emotional for me as well. So uh, I, came, I came from a, a addiction past with my parents as well. So it was like kind of drew me in. I identified a lot with it. So yeah, it was uh, overall really good. Critics are hammering it, but yeah, um, I was about but, to mention. Yeah, it uh, sounds like a lot of a lot of critics aren't loving it, and it's kind of keeping me from seeing. I, I still want to go see this here. one, but well, but if you, you look at you look at it right. on Tomatoes. There's a there's a definite you know difference between the the viewer score and the critic score. Viewers gotcha. almost at eighty percent right now, and the critics at forty nine percent. So uh, people seem to be resonating more with it. Gotcha, Andy. I like you. Thank Good you. guy. You, I think, are dead wrong on this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. I I did not like this movie at all. Would you say I it's your Logan Lucky? <laughs> I would say is, I don't know. If it weren't for The Circle, it would probably be the biggest disappointment I had this year. Because you read the book for The Circle and for well, not Yeah, that too. But like, here's the thing. I, if, I'm glad you brought the book, because the book is incredible. Like Honestly, I was talking about this with John. The book is probably one of the best books I've ever read. It's harrowing, it's, you know, it's emotionally dense, it's unsparing, I mean, it has this raw intensity throughout that is, you know, incredibly binding, and this movie had, I thought, none of that. I thought the movie was incredibly phony, and I felt no emotions for any of the characters, I thought the pacing was all wrong, it changed a lot of details that I thought were for the worse, um, the movie really makes you feel enclosed with these characters in a way that makes you feel like you're kind of helpless with them. It makes you feel like you are like struggling to kind of make sense of these parents who are not going to look after their children because the mom in the book is, you know, this kind of manic depressive self-indulgent artist who doesn't really care about her kids as far as the author is concerned. And the dad is this kind of caring but ultimately, um, self-absorbed drunk who isn't willing to kind of raise his kids after a point. And I just felt like the movie just, it just felt like none of that. And I was really shocked because the movie was directed by the guy who did um, Short Term 12. And that movie was, I thought, basically what Glass Castle should have been. That's I mean, the main I thought, reason I want to see this. Mm. And I don't know, I just don't know what went wrong here. But this movie, I thought, was just bad. I did not like it at all. If I will agree, though, that I thought Woody Harrelson and Brie Larson were great. Yeah. And I just wish they were given a better movie. Andy, what is yeah. your what is your response to these I, fighting I, words? I, I, I will say I do understand the problems people had with it. And I, I would probably say whenever I've read a book before I've seen a movie, uh, 80% of the time I, I left disappointed for me. Um, so there, there's always, there's, you're always going to have a little bit of that, but I, I understand the problems we had. It just resonated with me and maybe it'll just be one of those guilty pleasures yeah. for me. Um, but and yeah, I feel I, bad. I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, if it did emotionally resonate for you, I mean, I don't I, 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 I left, I left crying, man. <laughs> no, no well, yeah. gosh, I know. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I just, for me, I just felt nothing and I was really disappointed. I mean, I'm just being honest as of how I felt about the movie. I just felt nothing watching it and Brutally i wish honest, i did feel yeah. something but oh yeah I, guys i have a problem because i am staring at this book that i could order right now or i could watch the movie i don't know what to do i mean i could give you the book i, I really want to read it watch I, I, the movie watch the movie then read the book i don't know i would say read the book and then watch the movie i don't know what to do it's like i have two i have an angel and a devil on my shoulder maybe both of them are devils uh i'd say We'll talk about it. I'll let you guys know on the show next week what I what I yeah. choose. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, first, uh, Andy, what was your final grade for the for the movie? Uh, I'm gonna say B plus. Nice. Solid, solid. And uh, Will Ashton, I, I gave it a C minus. 
oh, that's a lot higher than I thought. <laughs> You're going to be like F minus minus. F. Yeah. No, it's not an F. I just, I mean, it is like, I mean, there is like really nice cinematography and the performances are overall pretty good. I'm just talking about emotionally. I just was expecting a lot out of it. And so, or I just walked away very disappointed. But I can't really call it like a horrible film. I can't call it an F. I, I don't even remember the last time I gave an yeah, F. Yeah, I, I don't either. The last time I gave an F was Transformers. And right. I don't think I Nothing gave I've an, seen F this year an F last year. Okay. So, fight was an F. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of which, like, I've been going through, uh, I'm working on this editorial where if I'm, I'm doing this thing where if, like, the summer 2017 movies could o- only be the movies in the Oscars, like, if the Oscars only included summer 2017 movies, I want to award the categories, but I also want to make up my own categories. So I'm trying to figure out, like, do some of the worst movies of the summer that way, like, biggest disappointment. Worse uh, book adaptation, stuff like that. We'll see what happens, but I think that'll be a good one. Um, if you have well, suggestions, I'd say well. the worst book adaptation is probably The Circle. Even the Circle was a which isn't, I don't think uh, that counts as a summer movie, though. I think that was, was like April. late April. So yeah, like, it's uh, on a border there. I, I think you got to you, you got to draw the line somewhere. And I think May is already pushing it. So, well, because I thought some people considered. Um, the Fate of the Furious a summer movie and that came up the week no, before no. Yeah. it's April well they co- they consider it a summer movie because it played in a lot of theaters throughout May right for a solid like probably about six weeks so you know that kind of counts yeah because it was already it was in June and it was in yeah it was into June still playing yeah all right. Well, that'll that'll actually do it for this episode of Cinemaholics. Thank you so much for listening. I have a couple of things as we wrap up. First of all, thank you for yes. coming on and being the contrarian we always need because you represent a voice that otherwise wouldn't have been here. We would have just made fun of Maverick for, for <laughs> giving Logan Lucky a B minus. So I appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and please, uh, where can people find your work? What's coming up in your world? What can they? What, what do they got to do next? Oh, uh, you can go to decast.com, find my podcast. Uh, I got a YouTube channel. You can get the link there. I'm working on a few other things. I'm actually starting film school in the fall. With uh, right, I thought yeah. at, th- at age 35, it'd be a good idea with three kids, a mortgage, and a wife to go ahead and <laughs> jettison my career and start film school. So what the heck? Sounds good to me. Yeah, get behind the camera, start putting some stuff together. I'll get you your screenplay stat. Nice. All right. And then you can, of course, find Cinemaholics. You can easily find us on our Facebook page. Uh, come to the Facebook page and hang out with us. That's where you'll find all of our episodes quickly and thoroughly. And you can talk to us and we'll comment and talk to you back. And it'll be lots of fun. And we'll have a good time. And, and Maverick will be there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you like this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, doing all that normal stuff. And uh, most importantly, please email us if you have any feedback about the show or if you have any suggestions for the show. And uh, just let us know what's going on. Uh, Email us at cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com or just go to the show notes and find that email. And uh, that'll do it for us this week. Next week, we're talking about... uh, uh, What is coming out next week, Will Ashen? I should have prepared. What is coming out? Uh, (laughs) Anything? Nothing of note. Yeah. I think Leap? I think, I think uh, Ingrid Goes West is expanding hmm. next week. Well, you know, next week might actually be a good time to do maybe an editorial episode. We, yeah. we want to do a last call coming up about MoviePass, which we would love to have Andy Hernan come on again for that. Uh, yes. MoviePass is a big thing that's happening right now for the theater chains and having a kind of like a big discussion about our movie theater is going to be like hugely impacted by the idea of a subscription service. So we'll see how that pans out. 
But all right, that'll do it for us this week. Thanks again for listening. From the Internet California, I am John Agrioni. In Pennsylvania, I am Will Ashton. And from a dusty basement where Annabelle used to live, I am Soundmaster Maverick Hines. And from Hippieville, Oregon, I am Andy Herndon. See you guys next time.